this, yeah. Tonight, we're going to go ahead and do just something a little bit different tonight on our Tuesday night service. I've asked Brother Cavanaugh to come and to take some testimonies from, every, from, from you if uh, you uh, feel compelled to do so. He'll give you a few instructions, and then we're going to go ahead and hear some uh, testimony. And then I'm going to come and share and speak to you about giving a testimony. All right? So make sure you do it right. No, I'm teasing. It'll be okay, really. It'll be all right, okay? All right, well, as Pastor said there, we're going to take a few moments and uh, give some time of, of testimony. And uh, David, the psalmist, he said that I will praise the Lord in the midst of the great congregation. That was, that was his idea. When I'm, when I'm together with the group of believers, when I'm t- assembled with the congregation, that's who we are, I will praise the Lord. And that ought to be our, our idea as well. We ought to be willing and, and ready to do that, all right? So um, there shouldn't be anyone that really wants to hold back. Everyone has something to praise the Lord for, so we shouldn't have to fight for hands. We'll probably have to cut it off at some point. Um, but well, here's, the, here's the idea. It's a, it's a testimony. It's a time of, of giving praise or giving thanks to the Lord for something that he's done in your life or on your behalf. And, uh, and we'll, just, we'll, we'll condense it to this. How about a phrase of praise? All right, a phrase of praise. So we're not going to go into, you know, the, the whole backstory and the front story and what may happen in the future and all that. All right, we're, we're just going to praise the Lord for what he's done, kind of keep it condensed, to open it up for others to have opportunity there. And uh, so we've got some guys with microphones. If you could just put that in your face, I know it's awkward, but that'll help us all hear it. And uh, we're in the midst of the great congregation. We all want to hear what the Lord's doing in your life and how he's working. And, uh, and so... Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start on this left-hand side, all right? So on the left, yep, we've got Brother Dean there. And be thinking about it. When he's done, he'll get over there and, uh, and get, you, uh, get the mic there. What we'll do is we'll go back and forth. So somebody on this right-hand side, got your hand up. Who's over here on the right-hand side? Be thinking about it. As soon as their hand goes up, Brother Josh, you get over to them. And we'll, we'll go back and forth, keep us moving, okay? So here we go, Brother Dean. Uh, with that Philippines trip we're going to be having... I put in the request for my time off. It got approved in less than 20 minutes. Amen. So, and I got from a manager who was just like, oh, that's super cool, and gave an opportunity to witness. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah, great opportunity there. Uh, end of January, a group of folks, eight folks going over to the Philippines, and so praise the Lord for that. All right. Who we got over here? All right. Oh, he's still getting there. All right, get someone over here, be thinking about it, and uh, Daniel will come over there. Just put your hand up, even during the testimony, and he'll make his way over to you. Seven kids, I have seven kids still in service to the Lord after all these years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Batting 100%. Amen. That's good. Well, praise the Lord for that. Amen. All right, who we have? Anybody? Anybody? All right, we got a couple hands back here. I, None of this kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to praise the Lord or not. Come on, Miss Kaylee, you can do better. <laughs> um, I'm just really thankful for a really great church. It's really rare to find. Um, I've, I've visited several in my lifetime um, just through traveling wow. through college and different things like that. And a church where you can really grow in the Lord, it, it really truly is very rare. So I'm just so thankful for the church family of Houston. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. If you haven't traveled at all and you've been here your whole life, you don't know how good you have it. <laughs> I've been around a little bit, too. So, all right, over here. We got anyone else on this side? All right. No? No one else? All right. Here we go. All right. You got one here? Brother Daniel's coming over. All right. I'm trying to cut out the time so Pastor can't preach so long tonight, but you're not helping me at all with this praise stuff. 
just want to praise the Lord. Um, this past year, my mom, she had two eye surgeries, and I know uh, the one was really both glaucoma and cataracts, and I know different individuals that have had problems afterwards. And the eye surgeon just couldn't believe how, with both surgeries, how well my mom is, is gotten Amen. over it and doesn't even have to take the drops or anything Amen. for the pressure. And, again, that's just all glory to the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Brother Dan? I just want to praise God that even though in the midst of my grandfather passing away, I know I'll see him again. But even with that, this year I've seen so much uh, of God's hand because a ministry that I wasn't really expecting came to my path. And it's starting to grow, but I'm expect, uh, I'm praying that God will grow it farther. And um, that's mind-blowing to me that God's moving even though I'm not seeing him move. Amen. Yeah, God's always at work. We don't always see us, see what's going on, but he's always at work, no doubt about that. Brother Rodney? I was on visitation with uh, Esther. We visited this home, and the guy... Uh, on he said yes he said I've been saved he and his wife was happy and I got to talk to him and I said uh, tell me about your uh, circumstances for salvation he said I got saved at nine years of age mm. and it just goes to show you regardless of the circumstances that befall humanity God is always in God's hand amen, amen. praise the Lord for that all right yep Brother I just want to thank the Lord for um, my family and also for my health Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. We have so much to be thankful for. We don't stop. Pastor said it on Sunday. We don't stop very often and think about it, but we have so much to be thankful for. Yeah, right here with Miss Tiffany. Um, so this last year was really hard for um, for me particularly. Um, suffered two miscarriages last year, and um, just seeing that even through um, heartache and 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 loss and um, and problems in that area, um, the Lord can still move in our lives. Um, my son got saved this year, and he was baptized, and he just has such a heart for the Lord, and I know that, you know, all the circumstances in my life, um, in our lives, you know, as a family, have led to um, an early salvation for him. So. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. All right, we'll take just a couple more here. Do we have one out here? Yes, Miss Diane. Amen. All right. She's a lady on the move. I'll tell you that. So praise the Lord. Rejoicing with you there. Yes, over here, Mrs. Jeffries. I just want to say that I'm thankful for um, God's way of he thinks of everything. If you just think on that, he really always does in his time. Amen. Yeah, he's got the whole pic he's got the whole world in his hands, you know, and we just see a little move one little cog of a whole system, you know, and we think well, our world's crumbling around us, but he's building something. And, uh, and so, yeah, praise the Lord. He knows what's going on. Brother Mike? Well, uh, I'm just thankful. A week seems like a day anymore, but I guess it's been close to four years that the Lord sent us here. And I've experienced uh, a pastor in a church that the pastor has two goals, bringing in the lost and techniques and uh, techniques of... Uh, getting Christians closer to the Lord, and it's just a blessing for my family, my oldest son, 
and his family that we serving together. Amen. And it's just the tools that are out there and the ministries that help you reach trying to be Christ-like or trying to do things with the uh, mind of Christ. Amen. That is so rare. And I'm uh, so thankful for CBP. Amen. Praise the Lord. It may seem like a day to you, but it's felt like four years for us. So <laughs> We love you, Brother Mike. All right. We'll, uh, we'll do one more. All right. This is it. No, cut it off right now. Never mind. We're done. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I just want to thank the Lord for uh, watching over me with my health this year and, and give me a church family that prays for me and everything like that. And, and then I don't have to live in fear whether I'm good or bad. I don't live in fear of the future because God's grace is sufficient. Yes. Amen. Amen. Great note to end on. His grace is sufficient. Oh, we've got another one. All right. Here we go. He's ready to go. I just want to praise the Lord that 11 years ago, um, he delivered me out of my addiction. Amen. And uh, with this great church and all you guys here, man, I love every one of you. Amen. Thanks. Amen. Praise the Lord, Brother Kelly. Praise the Lord. All right. That's good. Are we good? To, all right. We're going to end there, fellas. You can go ahead and just set those mics on the front uh, pew there. Well, amen. Let's take our Bibles then. Turn over the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 tonight. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to read a uh, passage that addresses and deals with a, a pretty popular figure in the Bible. One that I believe um, is I, was one of my favorites, but uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy this story this particular account in the Word of God. Mark chapter 5. And it's going to teach us something about our responsibility to share a testimony. Notice what the Bible says over here in Mark chapter 5 tonight. And uh, I know we're, we're kind of running late a little bit. We'll try to move along quickly. But Mark chapter 5, beginning verse 1, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship... Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit <clears throat> who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. These that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. There was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. The unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There they were about 2,000, and were choked in the sea. They that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. 
They went out to see what it was that was done. They come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. I want you to now go down to verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. We have here the maniac of Gadara, And boy, I mean to tell you, this guy, he was a mess. And yet, when he meets the Lord Jesus Christ, his life is transformed and changed. And may I say, you may not have a demon, so to speak, controlling your life specifically, but you do have a sinful heart. And may I say that although you may not be cutting yourself and running naked through the tombs and crying out at night out there publicly, I can tell you this, you're just as desperate of a situation without Jesus Christ as that maniac was. And the fact is, is that when we met Jesus Christ, our life was transformed and changed. Now, the maniac, of course, after meeting the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust, like all of us, would have said, hey, we want to travel with you. I mean, to tell you, it's been so good just meeting you. It's been so wonderful being touched by you that we really look forward. I would love to, love to be with you. I'd love to travel with you. I'd love to share in the ministry with you directly. Well, in this particular case, the Lord then says, no, I'm sorry, but that's really not what I feel is in the best interest of our work here. You know what? It's an amazing thing. You don't always get to do what you want to do in the work of God. Did did you get that? See, we got to do what's, what's best for the whole, not what's just best for me. And so the maniac, he's going to be told, no, you don't get to travel with me. I don't care how much you want to. I don't care how much you'd like to. The fact is, is that there's a better or greater work that you can do on my behalf somewhere else. And that somewhere else was his hometown. You and I will never have the opportunity to travel with the Lord Jesus Christ personally. You may have a desire to go overseas and be a missionary somewhere, but maybe that's not what God would have you do. Maybe God would just say to you like he did the maniac, why don't you just go home and tell your family? And you know, the fact is today is that we are all to be witnesses. The maniac was a witness. The maniac gave his testimony. The maniac went about all over sharing with others what Jesus Christ did for him. You know what? That's what God would have us do too. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Boy, there's no doubt that the maniac was bound by the enemy. But I can tell you this, so were we before we met Jesus. And it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, we ought to be sharing our testimony. We ought to be telling others about the day when we were saved and how God continues to meet our needs throughout this life, every day. So tonight, I just want to share a couple of thoughts. I want to share some fundamental reasons to share your testimony. Some basic thoughts. 
And so here they are. I'm going I'm to have a real quick word of prayer, and I'm going to run through these as quick as I possibly can. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for all you do for us. Bless us now. Lord, may we be, uh, Father, encouraged to share our testimonies more consistently and faithfully. Well, thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Why in the world should you and I do that? Well, first of all, your story is unique. Even if you don't think it is, it's unique. I mean, see, the maniac story was unique, wasn't it? There's no doubt. There's no way. I mean, uh, I mean, probably none of us in this room could compare to that story, that situation, those circumstances, to the degree that he did. Boy, the victory that he experienced was just, as we would say, out of this world. But can I tell you, as we mentioned already, the fact is, is, that, is that whether or not you were saved out of the muck and mire of sin and you were just totally and completely consumed with it, or you were saved early on in your life and, and you, you didn't have to endure and go through some of the consequences and some of the horrors of sin and the, and the way it can affect your life and your body and everything after, the fact is, is that each and every one of us had to be saved by the same amount of blood. That blood of Jesus Christ was efficable for that sin as it was for this sin. And the truth is, it took just as much of Christ's blood to save you if you were just born as a five-year-old child as it took to save the maniac of Gadara. Your salvation testimony is no less impactful. It doesn't have to be any less uh, uh, profitable. It can still be used. God says your situation is unique. It's special. It's all about you in that situation, and only you can share it in the way that it can be shared. Man, I mean to tell you, no one is like you. No one has your situation or the situation you've experienced and grew up in or lived in. Whether you were saved, as I said, out of the grossest sin or just simply as a young child early in life, your testimony is yours. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5 says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Just like Jeremiah, I want you to know that God formed you and he made you distinct and he made you unique. You say, well, I don't like how he did it. I wish I looked like this or I wish I was a little taller. I wish I was a little shorter or not shorter so much usually for guys, but I wish I was a little skinnier, I should say. I wish I wasn't built so, you know, you know, you know how some of us are just big bone. I wish mine were skinnier. You know, all those things, we can be dissatisfied, but I'm going to tell you something. Be careful because God made you the way he did on purpose. And there's something that only you can do. There's there's something unique and special about you. Don't, Don't try to throw that away. Don't give that up. You experience life through your eyes, making your perspective and outlook unique as well. No one's gone through what you've gone through. No one's seen life the way you have. We're all unique. We're all different. And our testimonies, therefore, are unique. And they're powerful because they connect real faces and personalities to the work of God in lives. It's one thing to talk about what God does. It's another thing to see what God does. When people hear what God's doing in your life, when they hear about how you were saved out of, the, out of sin, when they recognize, uh, they see how God has been working faithfully in your life, your family, your loved ones, man, that's powerful. And that's unique to you. A person may dismiss the Bible, claiming it's outdated or antiquated, but you know what? They're going to struggle to dismiss a visible, tangible, and a real person who's confirming the power of God to change a life. And that's why it's important that we let Christ change our lives. Because ultimately, our testimony is about the most powerful thing we have before the world. 
Someone says, well, what about the Word? The Word is powerful. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a testimony, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. But if you've got a testimony and you share that, and your Bible's not even in your pocket, I promise you it's going to leave an impression on people. It'll leave an impression. And it'll open up a door for you to share the gospel at any moment when you do get a Bible. <clears throat> not only do we recognize that our story is unique, and that's a good reason why we ought to share it, because nobody else has your unique story. But also, we're commanded to share it. We're commanded to do that. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Man, the maniac of Gadara in verse 19 was told by the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, he said, he suffered him not. He said, no, you're not going to go with me. But he said unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. Boy, he gave him a can. He says, listen, I want you to go home now. I want you to tell your friends. I want you to tell your family. I want you to tell others around you. And you know what? The Lord has told us the same thing. We have a responsibility to do that. We've been commanded to share it. And in this particular case, he tells us, make sure that you have an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that's in you. You know, we're to set our hearts apart unto God. Notice it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. We're to set God apart in our hearts. Give him a special place, the very special place he deserves. He deserves a special place. There should be no rivalry concerning our affections. It shouldn't be a matter of, well, is God first or is he second? Or It should be so far beyond that, we should immediately recognize that Christ is center stage. And the fact is, is that he should be seated on the throne of our life. So much so that we can't help but tell people about him. A testimony of God's goodness and grace is going to encourage others to trust Him and to rest in Him, even in the darkest of times. And you know what? God commands us to share that. When's the last time we've shared our testimony? When's the last time you told somebody about how you were a sinner and how the Holy Spirit of God brought conviction after you heard the Word of God and how you saw a need to trust Jesus who alone paid for your sin? How you walked down that aisle, or maybe how you knelt by your bed, or maybe how you, 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 you said a prayer there in your living room or at your kitchen table. How God led you to that place through His Spirit, and how you received and accepted Christ, and how your life has been transformed and changed since. Boy, those are the things that matter. That makes a difference. And I'm going to tell you something. When that maniac of Gadara, who I'm sure was well known around his local area started to tell people about how Jesus met his need and brought peace into his life and how he gave him purpose for living now. It made an impact. And boy, we need to share those kind of things with others as well. Boy, Jesus gave us purpose and he gave us, he gave us a, a reason to live. Boy, he brought peace in our hearts because with the person of Jesus Christ comes the Prince of Peace. We're commanded to share it. Not only is our story unique, are we commanded to share it, but also, number three, it's personal, and therefore it's powerful. 
In this case, verse 20, the Bible tells us, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. They marveled. Again, that doesn't matter whether you are five, six, or seven years of age when you trusted Christ. I'm telling you a testimony of the power of God in your life to transform you, to turn you into a saint instead of a sinner, is going to marvel people. It'll make a difference. See, I can share stories from the lives of others, and it may even move others. But I, am, I personally am never more passionate as when I share a story that involves me or mine. Man, I mean, it's firsthand. It makes sense. And, and it, it's, it's me, the emotion, the intensity that I exhibit while sharing a spiritual victory from my own life. I mean, it can make the difference in the life of another. Don't you get excited when you think about when you got saved? Doesn't, God, doesn't uh, the Holy Spirit of God do something in your heart? Don't you get excited to think about, I was lost and headed to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. My life has been changed. I mean, that's a great thing. And in my eternity, man, that's... So it's so important that we realize how powerful it can be because it's personal. I love to tell stories about the conversions of others. I like to tell about stories about how God's met the needs of others in their lives. But there's no story that I'm more passionate about than stories that affected me personally. That God did in my life. You want to know something? A testimony is something that God's done in your life. That ought to be a, a story that, is, is, that causes you to be passionate Sure it does. Much more than sharing my story, you share yours. And instead of me sharing yours, I'll share mine. It's personal, and therefore it is powerful. See, people are looking for something that's real. And nothing is more real than when you share your own life experiences. Let me ask you, When Kelly just shared just a couple of lines about what God did in his life, didn't it touch your heart? Can I tell you why? Because he was passionate about it. We need to to go back in our life and we need to remember what it felt like to be saved. We need to go back and really remember what it felt like to be lost and then saved. Well, I'll tell you what, it'll change your life. It'll change the lives of others. It's personal and therefore it's powerful. Not only that, but number four, another, another good reason or a fundamental reason to share your testimony is it reminds you of God's supernatural work in your life. It reminds you of that work. Now, throughout Scripture, we're commanded to remember what God's done for us. Listen, the maniac, every time he, he told somebody about what God did for him that day, it reminded him all over again how sweet it was. I feel sometimes that we've lost the the wonder of it all. We lost the joy of it all because we don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't reminisce about it. We don't do anything to share it with others. And at times, we even ourselves lose track and lose sight of it. Boy, I tell you, the maniac couldn't help it. Every time he sat down, every time he stood up, every time he walked through the streets and grabbed somebody and started sharing his testimony... Boy, it just reminded him again of how good God was in his life and how the Lord Jesus Christ rescued him. 
Boy, I got to believe it brought a tear to his eye. I got to believe that he struggled to hold the tears back enough so that he could share his testimony even. But I guarantee it made a powerful impact. It reminded him, though, of what God had done in his life. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 78. Psalm chapter 78. I haven't had you turn to anything because we're flying by. It's already 8 o'clock. We should be out of here by 8.45. Take our Bible. Psalm 78. We're moving quick now. As uh, Brother, um, oh, what's his name would say? We're running well. Uh, Hamblin, Brother Hamblin, that's who it is. We're run, you're running well. All right, well, we'll see how we go here. Psalm 78, notice what it says here in verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Man, that's a powerful passage. Let me tell you something. We need to continue to share our testimony so we don't forget. But may I say, we need to keep sharing our testimony so others don't forget. Man, our own children. We need to be telling them about what God's doing in our life, what God's saying to us, and how we're responding to that. They need to not only just see us going to church, they need to see what God's doing in the sweet times when we're alone with God and when we're in that secret place. We need to sit our children down and open the Bible from time to time and read the Word of God and share with them the promises of God and tell them about salvation. I'm going to tell you something. When a child hears you tell them about how God's salvation saved you and then saved them maybe if they believed on the Lord, it's different than when I tell them. There's something about daddy and mama sharing their faith with their kids. There's something unusual and something, should I say not unusual, but it is unusual today, unfortunately. But there's, there's something that's very special about a parent or a grandparent sitting Johnny on their knee and telling them about Moses, telling them about David, and telling them about how God saved their soul. You need to be telling your kids how you got saved. They need to hear it from you. Instead of the preacher always telling them how to be saved and what God did to save them, you ought to say, here's what God did to save me. I'm telling you, it'll make a difference in their life. It'll be a lot more impactful than a Sunday school teacher. It'll make much more influence. It'll have much more influence in their life than the pastor. Boy, why? We want their generation and we want the next. What's the goal? So that they keep his commandments. I love the testimony. All your children... Serving the Lord to this point. Praise God for that. And as a parent, we keep praying and begging God that that never changes. That's a blessing. That they might set their hope in God. Boy, I tell you what, I'm getting a little, I feel a little like preaching in there, but I don't have time. But I'm going to tell you something. We're putting our hope in a lot of things other than him today. We're raising our children to hope in a lot of things other than the Lord. We're teaching in our homes there are other things that will provide for them, protect them, 
and ultimately prosper them than the Lord. We better be careful because do you know what the outcome is? They won't keep the commandments. If they do not have their hope in God, then they will forget his works and they will not keep his commandments. Just because you are faithful today, parent or grandparent, that it does not mean your, your kids or your grandparents or your, your grandchildren are going to be faithful. It just it doesn't work that way. It has to be their faith. And the only way they get that is by us sharing it. So it reminds us of God's supernatural work in our life. But it also helps them to see it and want it in their life. Boy, it's, rem- it's important to remember the day you were saved. It's important to remember the day that we've consciously surrendered completely to him. You ought to be able to go back to a time when you know you gave your all to Jesus Christ. Say, I've never done that. You need to. Say, well, I got saved and from then on I've been living for the Lord. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. If you've been dealing with God enough, he'll get a hold of you and tell you some things you're not doing right. And it's time to surrender it all again. Give it back to him. This idea somehow that, well, I've been a Christian for 20 years and things are going pretty good. Man, there ought to have been, you ought to be able to look back at some benchmarks in your life and see God doing supernatural, specific things. It, it, it ought, there ought to be a brokenness at some point. There ought to be a surrender at some point. There ought to be a present, presentation at some point. There needs to be some unique and special events that you can go back to. And you know what I found? A lot of times those are at altars. People can say all they want, throw away the altar, throw away the church. I don't need any of that stuff. Yes, you do. So do I. A testimony and testifying accomplishes these directives. It helps us to remember those things. Boy, keep telling people about how you got saved. Keep telling people about how God's meeting your needs. Share it, share it, share it over and over again. And make sure you don't just share it with others. Make sure you share it with your family. Lastly, uh, last of all, it glorifies God. It's amazing when we testify. It glorifies God. Now, in verse 20, it's, it's, again, I, I, I like it when it says, um, it, it, he says here, how, he, he says, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. I'm going to tell you something. I, I've listened to some modern services where people get up and start telling stories about their past and how, how God, uh, and, and God gets in there at some point. I'm going to tell you, don't leave him out of the equation. Don't, don't, don't get around at how, you know, I went to the 12-step program and I did this and I did that and I did this and, and, and then, you know, I just was, I was, you know, uh, I was praying about, I went over here and I did this and I did that and I, 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 I. I'm going to tell you what, a testimony, a testimony has to focus on God. It should be all about Him. It shouldn't anything be, if it's drawing attention to us, if somehow we're somehow subconsciously glorifying our own decisions, our own intellect, our own ability to find a way out of a situation or circumstance, man, I'm going to tell you something. If God gets, if, if, notice that I just said that, if God gives me a car, if, if someone gives me a car, guess who gave it to me? God. If, if, someone, if someone hands me a $20 bill, you know who gave it to me? God. If, if, if I got off that, hey, listen to me now. 
If I got off of that surgery table, you know who got me off that table? Not that doctor. God did. Now, God put the doctor there, but it was God that did it. Listen, I think sometimes even as Christians, we're losing sight of who's really, who's the, really the power source. I'm just, I'm just saying we need to always elevate God. Can, can I tell you something that kind of... I know I'm not going to even tell you that because some of you get offended. But, but I just, um, I'm telling you, we need to be careful with that. I'm, I don't know. We just got to be careful. Make sure you're, you're, you're lifting God up. You're lifting the Lord Jesus up. You're elevating him at every turn. Listen, the only reason you have any breath in your body, the only reason I do is because of him. Every good gift comes from where? Above, the Lord. If you've got anything good in your life, it ought to be, thank God, thank God, thank God. Hey, I just want to tell you, God's been good to me. You got a great husband or a wife and you love your, and you're having a good time in your marriage, it ought to be God. It's all God. Boy, that's what testimonies are about. Glorifying Him, elevating Him, exalting Him, lifting Him up. You get a good, a good grade on your test? Yeah, I studied hard. I'm a pretty smart kid. No, you're lucky that God showed grace on your life and gave you favor. You should say, God, help me to get through that test and get an A. God did that. I'm just, I'm just saying, it glorifies God. It ought to. A testimony is to glorify God. By sharing our testimony, we permit His light to shine in and through us. And that's something a believer is commanded to do. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may glorify, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we're not lifting him up, then it's not his light. We, we don't have light in ourselves. We're darkness. He saved us. He's the light. And he lives in us. And we need to let him shine through us. So a testimony focused on God, uh, excuse me, focused on God's influence and impact in our life is going to bring attention to Him, and it will glorify Him. We need to do that. The story of God in your life is a story of hope. Boy, people need hope today. The story of God in my life is a story of hope. Don't simply tell a story, but intentionally point the listener to Christ. Always point them to Jesus. So your story is unique, even if you don't think so. You ought to share your testimony because we're commanded to share it. Because it's personal and powerful. Because it reminds you of God's supernatural work in your life. Boy, we all need that. And because it glorifies Him. By the way, some of the best testimonies involve singing and trusting God when you're in the midst of a trial or trouble in your life. Think about Paul and Silas for a moment. Here they are praising God in a dungeon, shackles. I mean, here they are praising God, singing and praising God. And you know, the Bible teaches we ought to follow in their footsteps. Look at Romans chapter 5, and we're closing. This is the the conclusion of the the, the lesson or message. Verse 
Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith. You've been justified by faith if you're saved, by the way. It's just as if you never sinned, but by faith, not of your works. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The Bible's teaching us that even in the midst of trouble, we ought to be praising. I mean, we, we, we ought to be able to sing and trust God even in the midst of difficulties. Charles Spurgeon made this statement. Try and sing in the night, Christian, for that is one of the best arguments in the entire world in favor of your religion. I tell you, we may preach 50,000 sermons to prove the gospel, but we will not prove it half as well as you will by singing in the night. That's something. Share your victories. Share them openly. And when you're in the midst of a difficult time, keep praising and keep sharing how good God is. There's nothing more impactful than a testimony in the midst of the storm, in the middle of the night. May God help us to keep sharing our testimony. And if you haven't shared it, plan on doing so. Do it. Just share it. Tell somebody when you got saved and how you got saved and what it did in your life, what his salvation did for you in your life and that he's the author of it. And so we give him all the glory. Well, five fundamental reasons to share your testimony. May God help us to do just that. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this time together. Thank you for the testimonies we've heard tonight and thank you father for the many testimonies that there are in the the room i'm sure father if we have been saved we have a testimony or may we share it with others father help us to be passionate about what you are doing in our lives and what you've done may we never forget what it was like to be lost may we never forget what it was like to be saved may we help others to know by sharing our personal testimony unique to us alone. And may we not keep it to ourselves, but like the maniac of Gadara, share it with many. And in doing so, they will marvel at what you are doing and at you, our Savior and Lord. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.